I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And, you know, we, we, you go to the, the mantra, like, no news is good news, Brett. People say that. And in, like, transfer portal world, sometimes that's true. But also, no news is no news. And that's why we haven't done as many shows, because there's been nothing to talk about until today. And that's why we're recording. <laughs> exactly. News. There's something to talk about. Some big news. Obviously, there has been some transfer portal stuff. The women's basketball team has added a few players via the portal, so that's nice. But we're recording on Thursday the 13th, and it came out today, earlier today, that Azulis Tubelis has made the decision to enter the NBA draft to go pro. And according to ESPN, he has no plans to return to college no matter what. So after three years, Azulis Tubelis, he's he gone. I don't think it's unexpected. I also... I'm skeptical that he is going to be drafted. I think the likely path here is he's going to make a lot of money overseas, but that's just me. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people have been thinking, okay, well, why, you know, if he comes back for his senior season, he could show improvement in areas and become an NBA draft pick. And I, I don't believe that. I think after three seasons, especially as a featured player, like he has been for the past two years, especially, he is who he is, and he's a damn good basketball player, a really good basketball player. Like the things that Tubelis needs to show to be a top NBA draft, people say like a jump shot, better defense, certainly like what I, I don't see him developing that at Arizona or like any more at Arizona than he would as a professional without having school to worry about. But also he just he is who he is. We've seen him for three years. He's a good player, but he's limited in certain ways, and he's not going to become more athletic with another year of college, right? And I don't want him going out there jacking up six threes a game to prove to NBA scouts that he can hit three pointers. So for Azuas Tabellis, it makes sense. He's a good player, had a great run at Arizona. Wish there was more tournament success, but that happens that way sometimes. And it's time to move on. Yeah, I think um, you know, Azulis's best path to the NBA, it's been slowly moving in that direction with the G League. Like he'd be the perfect thing of like a baseball model of a guy you spend a draft pick on and tr- see if you can develop in, into a guy that contributes at the big league team, right? Um, you know, for Arizona, like to your point, you don't want him to just go, look at me, I can do a jump shot. Like, you know, Nico Mannion was trying to prove to NBA scouts his outside shot, was jacking the first outside shot every time he had a chance. That doesn't work uh, when you're actually trying to win the games, right? In the G right. League thing, it doesn't matter as much. Um, and even in overseas, he'll get a chance to show that. But I just, I'm not sure anybody's going to, you know, maybe they'll use a second round pick and like have his rights. You know, it would make, in a lot of ways, you know, the NBA could probably be well served to have a 
expanded draft where you have guys that you can kind of draft and follow and have the rights to for some period of time. But well, there, there's sort of like, I mean, there, depending on if there you know, isn't, there isn't, right? Yeah. Um, and the two way contracts they can do. He's going to get, he's going to get paid. I don't think he, I don't think he gets drafted, but he's going to get paid to play basketball. So now, granted, apparently Arizona had an NIL offer for him. So he was getting paid at Arizona too, but he's going to be a professional somewhere. And everybody says, like the NBA, yeah, the NBA would be his dream. Of course, he's going, trying to enter the NBA draft, but that's not the only place to make money playing professionally. And yeah, I, I like Azulis. I think he's a good player. And would Arizona have been better if he came back? Yes. Like they're not a better team without Azulis Tubelis, but that's also not his concern. You know, if you're him, it's kind of like Nick Johnson, however many years ago that was. It seems like it was just a couple of years ago. It's obviously longer than that. We're old. But when he left after his junior, he had a great season and he wasn't going to be a top draft pick. Everyone knew that. But what else did he have to prove at the collegiate level? You know, sometimes you max out. And does Tabellus have room to get better? Like there are areas he could stand to get better. But can he? Can he actually do that? Or is he who he is? And I would imagine like for him coming off the season where he led the Pac-12 in scoring and rebounding, where he was a, like second team All-American, where he had an outstanding season. His value is never going to be greater than it is right now. Like, yes, if he came back next season, all of a sudden was much quicker, much more athletic, played lockdown defense, and was shooting 40% from three. Yeah, okay. He's a lottery pick. What are the odds of that happening? <laughs> so like, if you're Zoo, now is the time to go. Yeah, I think I, I think your comparison of, to Nick Johnson is, is very apt because Nick Johnson, as you recall, was not the size of an NBA wing and got to play some minutes ostensibly as a point to try to show the, that skill set. But were you going to put the ball in his hands all the time for another year and materially change his, his outcome, you know, probably not. Right. Um, so I think that's, I think it's right. I think if Azulis Tabellis does some workouts with some clubs and they're like, Whoa, you're more, you have more lateral quickness than I thought, or the outside shot looks better. You know, that's how you sneak into the second round. Um, but the guy's going to go make, you know, well into the six figures somewhere quickly. Right. Um, and it's it's just probably not going to be at Arizona. And I don't know if like I, I agree. Is is Arizona a better team if he comes back? Yes. Can Arizona replace him? Somebody that's maybe not the same player and not the same skill set, but can be equally as valuable potentially. Right. Um, yeah. You know what you maybe lose an offense at that position. Maybe you have somebody that is a little bit more uh, of a two way player in terms of offense and defense. And maybe you sacrifice them on offense to get a little bit better defensive player. You know, is that a does that make Arizona worse? Not necessarily. It just makes them different, right? Um, and you know, if Tommy Lloyd's, you know, one of the Tubelis' criticisms was was he a like a system quarterback as it, as he were as it were mm -hmm. for basketball? You know, I think he's really well suited to Tommy Lloyd's system. But if Tommy Lloyd's system is in fact the the cause of his success more than Tubelis' skill set, then a lot of guys could fill that role, right? I don't think. I think it's one of those like. Those were, it worked out well for both of yeah, them, right? Like, like you said, Tubelis was a great fit. He's he's very skilled. There, not a lot of bigs could do what Tubelis is offensively. Anyway, we know that we saw him do it, and we didn't see it happen against Arizona. <laughs> you know, there was no one doing that to them. But yeah, I, this is what happens, and we. I don't know why it's so surprising. Is it because he's not a projected lottery pick? Okay, well, neither was Christian Coloco after last season, and he left. You know, Dale and Terry worked his way into the first round, but I don't think that was a guarantee when he entered the NBA draft and stayed in the NBA draft. Like This is what happens. You have great season for Arizona. There's a good chance you're going to leave. And that Arizona got three years at Tubelis, that's unreal, right? Someone at that level, like he wasn't set to go pro after last season. Sure, his chances are better this year than they were last year to get drafted. 
But three years for a player of that stature is that's about as much as you can hope for at Arizona. Yeah, you know, the guys who stick around for four years, I mean, Solomon Hill did it. I guess he ended up going in the first round of the NBA draft. But it doesn't happen often where the best players are there for four years. You know, even for some other schools with the transfer portals, they're not always there for two years. But like, like you said to start, Brett, it's not surprising. And I think when you really break it down, and like I said, there's people like, oh, he should have stuck around. He should have come back. And I think that's more subject because, like, you know Arizona's better with him than, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a gain, right? He's a value add, significant value add to the roster. But in terms of what he should be doing, I totally support going pro. And I, said, I didn't say go to the NBA. I said going pro because he's going to be a professional basketball. He's going to be a good professional basketball player. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be in demand. And maybe, hopefully, he gets drafted by the NBA team. You know, and ends up in a training camp and some summer league games, and can kind of show that he is more than what people think, even what I think he is. But if not, that's fine. It was it like Gabe York's made money? Or like, where's Nick Johnson playing these days? Right, Derek Williams was overseas making really good money. Like these guys are high-level basketball players. The NBA is the highest of levels, but there's plenty of ways to make really good money elsewhere. If that's where Tubelas ends up, then him going pro right now isn't the wrong choice. Like if he yeah. doesn't hear his name called over the couple of rounds of the NBA draft, it's not like, oh, he made a mistake. Nope. He did the right thing, and I support it, and I have full confidence that Arizona is going to be able to fill the void, right? Because this is what happens. You expect these things to happen. I don't think this is a surprise. It's not a surprise to us. It's certainly not a surprise to Tommy Lloyd. Yeah. Plus, we we have a replacement to Bellis on the bench, Adam. We could just slot him into starting, right? That's how it'll work. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I mean, I'm, it says to Bellis on the, on the back of the jersey, right? Yeah. It'll it'll confuse people. No, I, I, It'll be like the pal Marcus Soul thing where they made it like when they were traded for each other. I was like, Marcus Soul, But pal's going to like Marcus on it being really good. Like, oh. Yeah. It, that that worked out. So maybe Todd Bielis is also like really good. He's just been waiting for his opportunity. It it might work out like that, Adam, but it won't. <laughs> <laughs> Until it doesn't, it could. Fair. No, but I, I think you're, I 100% agree. Um, you know, it's it's unreasonable to assume a guy of his magnitude is going to stay for another year when it doesn't do him any favors and it just holds him back from his earning potential in his career. It makes it it. It, you wish him well. You hope he has great success. Uh, I didn't mean to sound like Borat there, uh, but you know, um, in, in his success, whether it's in the NBA or overseas, is just going to help Tommy Lloyd in in what he's trying to pitch to the players that are coming here, whether it's international or uh, you know the domestic players, as it were. Well, kind of along those lines, as we wrap up our Tubelis decides to go pro discussion, like when you look back at his career. Like, how are you, you going to think of him, right? Because he was here three years, which is longer than, like, say, Derek Williams was here. The turn, he didn't play in the first, his first season as an NCAA tournament. Arizona self-sanctioned. They kept themselves out of the dance, and that was the last Sean Miller year. And, of course, he was part of a team that was a one seed, part of a team that was a two seed. Didn't win enough tournament games. Didn't get to an Elite Eight. Didn't get to a Final Four, obviously, or a national championship. But at the same time, he got better every year. The numbers got better and better every year. And in his last season, he led the conference in scoring and rebounding and was the best player on a team that was surprisingly good. Like, where does he, I like, you know if he would have stuck around, he would have climbed up like the scoring charts for Arizona history. But obviously, he's not coming back. Azus Tabell's three years in, three years, you know, and he's done. How are you going to view him? How do you see his career, his time as a Wildcat? That's a good question. And, that, you know, how am, I'll, let me frame, frame this in a couple of ways. How am I going to view it, or how is the casual fan going to view it? <laughs> yes, because um, like I think if you 
just showed, hey, here's this guy's stats for these three seasons. And you showed that to us when, you know, hey, this is a mystery Euro recruit. We would have said, wow, home run. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that that is more how he should be viewed as a, you know, good to almost great uh, Arizona great. You know, Arizona great is a different level in my mind than like the typical program. Like you got to you got to win. You got to have, you know, be an NBA player with a long career to be a true great, great. Right. Um, But I think the sad reality is for a lot of the fan base, the general stigma will be, oh, he was good but never showed up in big games and never was able to shake that even though he didn't necessarily deserve it this year in the in, in the game against princeton um he was not the problem but if you don't so he he played well in some big games just not in the ncaa but tournament he wasn't a yeah, monster against but, princeton but that's what matters but he was good that's what's going to matter in the perception of a lot of people which yeah. is unfortunate um so i would say he's you know i don't put him in the 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 legends and the great you know all-time greats um, you know, somewhere below uh, the the Lowry Markinens, but somewhere above the Ryan Anderson year, kind of uh, of people that were you know like you'll you'll be very satisfied with that career and that player, but not quite you know to the Lowry Markinen type level where you're you're a next level kind of guy. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. I think he is going to be a he's a better player than he's going to be remembered for by a lot of people because of the lack of tournament success but when you look back to he was part of the transition right he well, he had that game-winning shot against washington i want to say in miller's in his freshman season it was like a three-pointer kind of at the end or like a long jump shot to beat washington at home he had some big games last season and he had some monster games this year too and big wins he was good if i remember right against tennessee he was good against Indiana. like he was only time i mean he wasn't great in every game especially down this stretch but he was plenty good he had the 40 the game against Oregon where he just went off and it takes a special kind of player to do something like that. And he was very, very good again to lead the conference and point like in scoring and rebounding shows that he was a monster this season and their lack of tournament success. Like you could point to him somewhat last year. I think he was still a little bit hurt with the ankle and then he wasn't the reason they lost to Houston. Like everyone was pretty much bad in that game. Um, except for Coloco, if I remember correctly, but he was not the reason they lost to Princeton this year. Now, would you have liked for him to just go Derek Williams and score 35 points, have 17 rebounds, and just will them to victory? Sure. But he was never that type of player. you know. But he was plenty, plenty good. And when people look back at Tubelas for the three years, there were three of the, like, two of the three years were really good years for, like, two of the better years Arizona basketball has put together, minus the postseason. So, yeah, I hope people remember him as one of the better players to come through the program because he is one of the better yeah. players to come through the program. All right, so you, you know you you mentioning that, and you got me thinking when you said Derek Williams, Adam, and I I'm now pulling Azulis Tabellis, uh, his last year as you know Arizona Wildcat versus Derek Williams. Who do you think had the better statistical numbers? Well, I know it's Tabellis because I put that in an Izzy Desert Swarm column a little while back. Wow. Well, there you go. So yeah, he averaged what nineteen point eight points and 9.1 rebounds Derek Williams had 19.5 and 8.3 but I imagine most Arizona fans are going to think more fondly on Derek Williams due to the March success which is not and also he was more of a high flyer right the huge dunks that people remember he ended up being the number two pick in the NBA draft that two bus will not be but also March Madness in that Duke game especially and oh, yeah. then the, the play against Texas so yeah 
But that, that's where Tubus will be underrated, right? And it's like yeah. not it's not necessarily his fault that it worked out that way, but he's going to be one of those guys because it's also his style of play. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't a high flyer. Like he was just a very good offensive basketball player who ran the floor better than anyone his size should have. But that's the best thing. And then it looks like, oh, he just got, you know, the pass from someone, you know, the fast break. It wasn't going to that's skill. That's talent. And he certainly has it. So, you know, it is what it is. But now he is no longer in Arizona. I mean, I guess you're always an Arizona Wildcat, but he's not going to come back and play for Arizona ever again. And we wish him well. Absolutely. So, Brett, you mentioned it a little bit, you know, Tommy Light having to replace him. Let's take a break and we come back. Let's look ahead to what Arizona basketball has to do now because there's a few holes on the roster that need filling. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, so Arizona moving forward. Arizona men's best moving forward. What they looked like last season, Brett, not going to be what they look like this next season. Um, four of the five starters now, as Azulis Tabellis going pro, are not coming back. Kirk Risa transferred to West Virginia. Courtney Ramey graduated. Sunrick Henderson Jr. graduated. Azulis Tabellis going pro. So Umar Balo's back, as far as we understand. That hasn't changed. And Colin Boswell is most likely going to be a starter. After that, there's a whole lot of minutes, a whole lot of touches, a whole lot of shots to be found. Yeah, and, you know, the funny thing is, of the four starters by the end of the year, and Hill Larson was starting, but, you know, proved to be better coming off the bench. And I think, honestly, you hope to bring in some guys that keep him on the bench because that means you brought in some talent at the wing. Um, you know, the f- interesting thing is half of those starters you just mentioned weren't on the roster this time last year either, right? Um, so it's it's, yeah, it seems like it's the roster churn. But it's it's not necessarily that it's going to be better or worse. It's going to be different, though. Um, and Kylan Boswell, I think we can safely slot into one of the starting guard spots, and everyone. And I'm be, good with that. I think everyone would be. Um, so I feel you know good about that. Some some may even argue that him as uh, not a legal minor is going to be an upgrade over Kirk Carissa as a well-rounded player. Um, you know, Paula Larson is good enough to play at, at, in the Pac-12 at a high level and contribute, whether it's starting or off the bench. So that you feel better about. Um, you know, Henry Vasar, we'll see. He needs to put about 40 pounds of muscle on and get some confidence. I don't know if you even want him starting next to Balo anyway. But then you go then you go look at the portal, and you got K.J. Lewis coming in. Uh, I doubt he's a starter, but he's probably a contributor. But if you go to the portal right now, you show, uh, show those guys Arizona's uh, – offensive success the development tommy lloyd has done with some of these players you know not just the portal but also even you know international guys that 
that are not necessarily as well known and that's you know probably by design so suddenly people don't start uh recruiting over you know or uh, the mba comes knocking um you know it's a lot to replace but it's also a really good selling point for tommy lloyd and it's you know short version it's too early to panic give it a few weeks and we'll see what what starts to take shape there's already some rumored guys that arizona's pursuing uh and you know if you start off with umar balo and kylan boswell at the one and five bluntly you're ahead of a lot of teams out there mm-hmm. even in the pack right uh you go go talk to ucla who i think has had a couple of guys surprisingly say they're leaving uh for the nba or overseas and they're you know they had a pretty darn good roster and i'm not sure who's on that roster anymore well, like I think we, Arizona fans got a little spoiled by how many guys they've had for a few years now, because you got used to them coming back. You're like, oh, their roster, the turnover, and there was a lot of turnover going to last season too. They lost three starters from the team two years ago, before last year, right? And then uh, they weren't as good, but they were still plenty good. But you kind of forget because there were years where Arizona would have a guy for one, two years tops. Their best players were gone. They were they're the Abe Simpson, you know, walking in the door, walking out the door after one season. Like that was the norm. And people didn't stress over because there was this confidence that Sean Miller could replace what they lost, right? Because you knew who the recruits were coming in where this was really pre-portaling. I guess it's different now because of the portal in terms of what's out there because you're not just relying on the incoming freshman class. You're not relying on having to get that five-star freshman. You know, because you could go get the guy who's in the portal who has a year or two under his belt and is plenty good enough to help you right now and be a very, you know, be a very effective piece, very big piece of the puzzle for you. You know, you mentioned one, I think it was Ryan Nemhard, who's a Creighton, uh, former Creighton Blue Jay point guard. He is out there and rumored to be Arizona. I think he's visiting Arizona. Like Jason Shear, 247 Sports Report. He's visiting Gonzaga this weekend and also Arizona. I know a lot of people think that he's like it's Arizona's to lose, and hopefully that's the case because he's a really good player. And like if you add someone like that, all something starts to look a little better, right? <laughs> and that's just like right now there's a lot of holes on the roster, but I think that's going to be the norm for most seasons. And the question is, do you trust this coaching staff to fill those holes? Like, and that, that's what it comes down to. And Tommy Lloyd's somewhat unproven, sure. But he, he replaced three starters from last year's team and ended up winning 28 games or whatever it was this season, right? So like, he knows a little bit of what he's doing there. And I, I, I have full confidence that he knows what he's doing, that that staff's going to recruit at a high level. But yeah, until they start adding players, I guess that doubt could be in some people's minds. Yeah, the other way to kind of think about this you know, this time last year or approximately when we found out Ben Matherin, Christian Coloco and Dalen Terry were all leaving. And I'm, I'm blanking if there was anybody that just graduated. Justin Kyer. Justin Kyer. So there's, there's four starters right there. You would have well, never, half. well, yeah, it, it, regardless, uh, I think most Arizona fans would have, in the general consensus was that Arizona is going to take a significant step back with all of those guys gone, even as they fill those holes. And then Arizona was a two seed and pushing for a one seed. If they didn't blow it against, you know, one of those bad loss games. Right. <sighs> but yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's the reality of it. And Arizona, if you, if you look at it compared to that, the four guys, uh, that were lost last year I just listed off versus the four guys that were you've just mentioned that we're losing off of this roster. I think the lift is lighter to replace these <laughs> this four some than the prior years, right? So, you know, it's not a long track record, but the nature of the game and what Tommy Lloyd's been able to do so far, and don't forget the the cloud of the NCAA has 
is removed, right? So that is not the negative recruiting against Arizona that it once was. Um, so, you know, I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish because there's still a lot of, you know, spots to fill. And until they're, they're, you know, they are on the roster and showed up the first day of classes, you know, they're not, they're not a player for Arizona, right? But mm-hmm. I don't, again, I don't think there's reason to be panicking. I think there's a very realistic chance that Arizona's roster is at a minimum on the same level as last year, even if it's just it. Yeah, and they they will be different. Different doesn't necessarily mean bad. And like you said, if going to the last season, if we thought they'd be as good as they were, like none of us did. But I think what it comes down to is like Tommy Lloyd is still somewhat unproven, right? He was the Gonzaga assistant for 20 years. It wasn't like he was a head coach somewhere recruiting at a high level, bringing talent in. So until he does another or a couple of recruiting misses his first go-around, it's like like Kaluma who ended up going to Creighton was one, Ty Ty Washington who went to Kentucky. And it's like, oh, he didn't get all the big-time recruits after like a couple months on the job. Like, what a terrible recruiter he must be, right? Like, to the extent, though, where I don't have doubts in him, but this offseason should, like, remove them if he does everything right. Because last year, you could look at and say, well, he didn't know who was going to be coming, who was going to be going. They had bench spots to offer, maybe a two-guard spot, but, like, it wasn't like he had so much to offer in terms of, like, playing time and his starring role on this team in this offense well now he does right now there's more proof of concept he's had two very good seasons the offensive number has been great you know sending guys to the nba ben mathen of course was a lottery pick coloco has been playing a little bit and dale and terry's on a playoff team hasn't done much for for the bulls but if if tommy lloyd can't bring in high level talent this offseason i'm not saying i would be like oh there's something wrong here but it shouldn't be as difficult this offseason Right. And when you see like Arkansas, they had everybody from the portal. And you've seen a handful of schools where Michigan picked up Caleb Love. Like that's going to happen. Like Arizona, obviously, they're not going to try to get every single player that's out there. They're not Arkansas. Just because of the portal doesn't mean they're going to offer them. But, you know, they do need to get a few guys. They need to get more than a few guys. Hopefully, some high level, real impact transfers. And you do that, then, yeah, like it shows that Tommy Lloyd, like the Arizona brand is strong. Tommy Lloyd, as the coach, keeps it strong. Like he's not. There's nothing wrong with Tommy Lloyd being the head coach, and he can recruit just fine. And also that Arizona's NIL is in a good spot. You know, that's a part of it, too, that Sean Lloyd didn't have to worry about, so to speak, that Tommy Lloyd does. So, like, well, Sean Lloyd didn't have to worry about it. Like, there might have been other ways to pay players, but there wasn't, like, he wasn't actually competing with the rest of college basketball the same way. But so that that's how I look at it. Like, is it an important offseason? Yes, because you want to keep building the momentum. You want to keep winning games. You don't want to take big steps back. But also because, yeah, if it's a striking out on all these guys, if Nemhard, who's been rumored Arizona, ends up choosing Gonzaga, you know, if a couple of other guys, it doesn't materialize the way they want it to, then you'd be like, okay, what, what happened? You know, why is Arizona missing out on these guys when everything seems to be lining up for them? But that it's not the case yet, right? Those players are still out there. The opportunity to build this roster, rebuild this roster into something that's as good as last year, if not better, it's still in front of them. Yeah, I'm I'm already personally looking forward to a year from now when Tommy Lloyd has a two-seater higher team with the roster he built over this offseason and all of the people saying the honeymoon's over. We don't know if Tommy Lloyd can coach. I'm going to be saying, give him a $10 million a year lifetime contract if he does that again, you know, if he gets the, to a two-seat again. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know, but I don't I, I think there's more evidence. I'll put it this way. There's more evidence to be confident that Arizona will be good and Tommy Lloyd will fill the roster with a team that will be very good than there is evidence to suggest otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, you don't know for sure, 
but I think he's given enough reason to believe that it can happen. And I'm looking forward to it. Like, the offseason can be fun. They're going to add players. That's just because they haven't added them yet, they're going to add players. They're not going to go into the next season with six players on the roster. Don't worry. Like They'll, they'll be all right. Uh, who they get, we'll see. But there's no reason to think, like there's been no reason to give in to think that he can't get it done, that this coaching staff cannot bring in good players, especially with the minutes they're going to have to offer, especially with the roles they have to offer. Because you're not saying everyone, like you're going to have to get 25 minutes a game, you're probably coming off the bench. It's, yeah, you can be the starting four. You can be the starting three. You can be the starting two or one, you know, in the backcourt. Like it's different. Yeah. You know, you know, it's one thing that doesn't work when you're trying to get Arizona good to great talent, Adam, saying, come here and be our seventh guy. <laughs> hey, no, it just doesn't it doesn't work that way. Starter talents, you need to have starting spots available. Yeah. Yeah. And Arizona does. So it is a big offseason, but I think there's a lot of things that Arizona should be looking forward to because of the fact that they have a lot in their favor as they try to recruit. And if it doesn't happen, then feel free to be like, okay, why not? But for right now, with some of the names Arizona's been linked to, and even some of the ones that they've, you know, we'll see who's out there, because there could be surprised. I don't know if they were in on Courtney Raymer or Cedric Henderson and told us some they were. But I imagine they could be shopping at, like if Ramey and Henderson were kind of like the the discount bin, I think they're kind of, I think Arizona this offseason is shopping at, you know, a little bit higher level product. They're like the more fancy, fancy part of the store, just because of what they have to offer. Yeah, you know, we've moved up from Nordstrom Rack to regular Nordstrom. There you go. That's it. That's what I was trying to say. You said it better. And maybe sponsorship? It's like sponsorable? Mm-hmm. Give us money, Nordstrom. <laughs> if you're listening, anyone from Nordstrom, please pay us for that right there because that's a type of marketing you can get on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Brett, <sighs> there's a basketball offseason. And again, women's basketball added a lot of transfers, so they're doing things. And Kaylin Gilbert came back, apparently. So that was surprising to them. So they'll be fine, too. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, it's worry. No. So don't worry about them any either. They'll be fine. Yeah. Well, let's take one more break. When we come back. Arizona football's got a spring game. Men's basketball added something with their schedule. Let's go through some news and notes before the weekend. We're back. One more segment to go here. And, Brad, it came out this week. Men's basketball will be playing Michigan State on Thanksgiving this year. I guess it replaces one of the tournaments they were going to be in, like the John Wooden Classic. I think I saw ASU's taking their spot, so they're getting, you know, ASU's Arizona sloppy seconds, which is kind of funny. But, you know. It happens. No, it, it, I mean, it happens too. a matchup with Sparty, that should be fun. Yeah, um, well, I, the one thing I like about this scheduling, because Arizona, what, you have, you have Michigan State now. They have Duke, right? And is there, who else do they have? There's another big game, I think I'm forgetting. Is it Indiana? I think there might be another one or two. Or Alabama. It's Alabama. Yeah. Another red and white team. Like these are the types of schedules you put together when you think you're going to be pretty good. You know, <laughs> I think if Tommy Lloyd was worried about the roster, he might be able to put together and what they were losing. You're probably not adding a Michigan state just because, you know, it's good to have those games, especially as a Pac-12 is not great, but not if you lose by 15 or 20 each time. So you put this schedule together because you're confident that you're going to have a really good team once again. Yeah, I think the the chance of exceeding expectations and uh, un- unreasonably gearing the fans to an undefeated uh, non-conference schedule is lower next year with the schedule. Um, yeah. Arizona's undefeated entering Pac-12 play. Uh, TLDR, they're going to be real good, right? Um, you know, so 
and the other thing that you will not Arizona will not be suffering for RPI rankings where it's the opponent's strength of schedule is is such a thing and you know looking for quad one wins there's going to be plenty of opportunities it's going to be a good challenge it's going to be fun. yeah absolutely and it's early on but again we'll see what team they put together we may look get to those games like yep Arizona is loaded and they should be just fine so that's cool um, baseball their losing streak ended they won a couple of games now so that's you know maybe people can come off the ledge a little bit but there's still a lot of work to be done there same thing with softball like not not great <laughs> like the room to improve i'd say for two of arizona's you know normally better sports yeah i mean now uh since arizona won a game or two does that mean chappelle can recruit all of a sudden <laughs> hopefully so that was a that was a, a deep cut of making fun of Arizona fans panicking and not understanding how baseball recruiting works. Arizona fans panicking never. That would that would not happen. And Brett, Arizona football, they're wrapping up spring practices this Saturday at Arizona Stadium late afternoon uh, for their annual spring game. We're gonna be there, actually. That's gonna be cool. Yep. If you find us, I'll have some Wildcat Radio stickers with me. If you find us, Ooh. like hit us up. We'll get you a sticker. That'll be fun. But you know, it's all the reports as it usually is in camp have been good. Right. You know, the quarterbacks have been good. Delora is stronger. He's faster. He's more decisive, more in tune with the offense. But no, Hafid has been good. The receivers standing out. Some of the new defensive players have been good. Like That's what you expect this time of year, as long as there's no key injuries. And it's knock on wood so far. It seems like Arizona's getting out of spring ball what they want to get out of spring ball. I think so. I'll, I'll feel better when uh, we get to the end of the spring game and we don't have reports of any torn ACLs or any other major injuries personally. But it should be a fun time. Uh, I, I can't believe we still have free stickers. We're so generous, Adam. We we are like that. I just make sure our listeners can be taken care of like that and repping the Wildcat Radio 2.0. Is there anything you're hoping to see specifically from the spring game? Like I haven't. I don't know if I've ever been to an Arizona football spring game, and I certainly haven't been in a little while. But like anything you're hoping to see, like from players or anything specific. The thing I'm most interested to see is bluntly just the offensive line. How cohesive they look. How big do they look? You know, if, if Big Jonah's playing right tackle, how does he look going against speed rushers? Um, you know, that's 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 the number one thing. And then I'm curious to see uh, kind of the relationship with the with the receiving room and uh, Jaden Delora, who's put on the weight. It seems like they've got a pretty good thing going. All reports are pretty positive. Uh, you know, Jaden Delora has a better sense of the offense, it seems, than maybe after the fact was revealed. Like there was hints that he was not getting it for a little while and then it suddenly clicked you know if he's comfortable in the system you know is there is there room for the offense to look much better but hopefully in the spring game they don't look that much better because the defense is even more improved um but it'll be you know it's hard to gauge anything other than kind of individual guys and how they you know physically look and how the skill set looks and how just the for lack of a better term, the vibes are, but that's sure. kind of what I'm looking to see. How about you? Yeah, with scrimmage, it's tough because it's like every great offensive plays at the expense of your defense, and you don't feel great about that and vice versa. But I'd like to see more from someone like an A.J. Jones and Kevin Green Jr. Just make a couple plays. Keon Burnett as well. Just some of the guys that could be asked to fill bigger roles this season. You know, Green might be starting in the slot for them. And I think he's good. And I think A.J. Jones is going to sure Keon Burnett's good. But I want to see, and against. They do a thing in spring game. Doesn't mean they're going to be great this season, but I'd like to see them on the field making plays because it's kind of where it starts. Defensively, I don't think there's much to, that you can tell. I mean, Justin Flo's out there. They have some of the other transfers, if they, I mean, if they make plays, great. But like, I don't think Justin Flo's going to be trying to murder people on Saturday like he might during the regular season. But one thing, and I don't know if we can be able to tell, but I think we will, is the size of the team. Mm. Are they even bigger? 
you know, because like we'd go to games like Mississippi State's like, oh, they are they are bigger than Arizona. And this is after years of trying to fix that from the OKGs to guys who belong in a Pac-12 roster. How is that progress going? You know, how's that process moving along? Like the guys they added are big, like portal wise yep. and recruit wise. But do they look like a team that's a big team now? But yeah, otherwise, just hopefully it's a good vibe, good fun, because, you know, there's more there's higher expectations going to this season than there have been the last few. So, you know, just having a fun time isn't everything, but I want to make sure that the vibes are still good around Arizona football. There's no reason for them not to be, but I think it'd just be, you know, like I don't imagine it's going to be as many trick plays as it was like the first year. <laughs> it was like, everything was like a flea flicker end around. It's like, I think it might be more trying to do some real football stuff with Gronk versus Gronk, you know, each sideline. So yeah, maybe you know. uh, the likelihood of a, 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 a woman's basketball player catching the game-winning touchdown is probably reduced. But not zero. But not zero. Yeah. But no, it should be a fun afternoon. The weather is supposed to be pretty nice, it looks like. I don't know what type of crowd they're expecting out there. Uh, tickets are available. I know. They're free. Like, so that's that's awesome. I, I think last I saw, they had 17,000 claimed, which if that's the case, that's going to be a decent amount of people. Like, it made me concerned that last year when I went down, I really wanted to be in the shade. And that might be more... Sp- space than the the shade can uh, cover and i'm not going down in the splash zone with gronk and the and the the, the greek life kids yeah you're an old correct i like my, <laughs> i like my sits and i like my shades <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll be down there so track us down i'll have some stickers or just say hi too we can talk arizona that's what we like to do but that'll be saturday afternoon in tucson of course there's always stuff that happens we'll talk about it next week's show until, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. That's a good way to track us down Saturday at the spring game. Or if you just have any questions, throw them on the on the Twitter there. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify. Subscribe to us on both platforms. If you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, and we'll read it on the air. But otherwise, yeah, whatever happens with Arizona athletics over the coming days and weeks, we'll talk about next week's show. But until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.